Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Heavy Handed Edition. I'm your host, Heavy Handed Jay. I watched Kobe run, bro. Like this motherfucker would hit 13 threes and a... This motherfucker Kobe is Steph Curry. This motherfucker is... Is... Uh, is Uga Duplo. I'm, t- I'm talking about with the ball head and the vibe. Mm-hmm. That's a bad motherfucker, man. This is- you talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Back on demand, 100 grand, green eggs in hand, it's your man, happy hand with Jay. Yeah. Do it again. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. And you can't stay off the weed. Told y'all. Told y'all. Y'all want some? Beat him down, beat you down. Who else wants some? Who else wants some of the D-Ball? <laughs> you want my spot flash? Huh? Well, you ain't gonna get it. Because you ain't got it. Today we're gonna go over... Uh, how to solve the problem of you being heavy-handed. Uh, being heavy-handed is, is a big issue. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Back on the man. 100 grand, green eggs and ham, the debonair shit talk extraordinary, you man heavy. Bitch, I'm the man, bitch, I'm the man, bitch, I'm the man. Yeah, 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 back back in the building, man. Uh, Happy to be here. Tuesday, May the 12th. You know, normally a big time boxing month. A day like this, we're still vibing off the vibes from a huge fight weekend. But due to COVID-19 and all of that thereof, we are not reminiscing about a super dope fight, which we usually have on Cinco de Mayo. <clears throat> but the heavy-handed edition, man, uh, got a got an interesting one lined up. You know, I, I hadn't planned for this one. The information I received kind of came to me unbeknownst. Of course, we're recapping Michael Jordan's The Last Dance, episode seven and eight. Of course, we're doing that. And that's what has the sports world all of us. You know, there's so many questions to, 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 to ask. And Michael Jordan, having the creative handle of this piece, you know, some would ask, why are you even, why now? Why are you, you want to let us get to know you now? I don't know, I don't know. But we're gonna get to some of the some of the, the shits about this here. Get to some of the shits. But episodes seven and eight were basically coming to the end of both three peaks. And one thing I wanna note, man, is that uh what's it, ESPN and whoever and Netflix, their collaboration, I think one thing that they did brilliantly here is simultaneously chronicle both three-peats at the same time. Pretty cool. Pretty cool how they're doing that, how they're coming to the end of both. Um, 
but it, it is it has been a uh, a nostalgic time for many those those of us out there in the, in the Americas who are we're 42 years old 40 to 40 40 and older they 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 really this is hit home with them for those of us who are like 40 and younger we're getting a behind the behind the curtains view of the guy and I mean of all the goats there's goats of all sports right but of all the goats I mean, I, I think Michael Jordan is even Ali status. I mean, there are people, you know, as we know, Muhammad Ali took L's in his career. Him being the greatest isn't an attribute to him necessarily. Being the greatest fighter ever? I think Ali's the greatest moniker attributes to, you know, just a lot of different factors that go into that and why many do attribute Ali as the greatest athlete of the 20th century. <clears throat> but Michael Jordan, he's the next closest thing, if not more more on a mystical le- level. He's a living legend. Like, and to think with today's salary cap era and, you know, the turnover that we have in the league and the players actually having more control of their careers, it's hard to foresee going forward that a team could reel off six titles. It's really hard to foresee that. You know, LeBron hadn't even stuck around a team long enough to win six titles. And this is LeBron kind of a, a guy that I cite as this new revolutionary player where we're having a change in the guard, where the player has more control than the team does. But, um, Michael Jordan, the last dance, we got the homies in the building. Let me bring them in there. Um, we're going to get to some of these shits, man. But let me let me give you a sneak pre- preview of this. I got a revelation for you. I have a revelation about old MJ. Now, I ain't going to say I'm right. But I'm highly, highly sure. I'm very sure of my assertion here today. And we, we're going to uncover some controversy. You see, in episode seven and eight, the big things that stuck out, of course, was Michael winning his titles, but the death of his father, which led to the retirement in 1993. And then, and then Michael's retirement, and then his comeback 18 months later. So to me, those are some of the more unsolved mysteries of the whole masterpiece that Michael Jordan has painted for us. But has anybody took the time to say, gee, Jesus, you guys really have judged over that the death of that father. Didn't spend too much time there, did you? Um, yeah, we just Mike retired because he said his dad, you know, wanted him to play ball. And he just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop being the greatest in the entire universe ever at something. I mean, I'm going to go play baseball. Slightly odd, but then there's a few more oddities that you can attach to that. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, up for Central Valley, the kid, the one, the myth, the legend, push up God, uh, five foot six grabs the rim. That's what we used to call boosties back in my day. Lydia, 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 Lydia,
the host with the golden pipes, Outsiders Podcasting, Outsiders Boxing Podcast on RC. What it do with you, player? How you doing today, man? JP, oh man, it's good to be back on internet radio airwaves and whatnot. Um, it's it's a beautiful day out here, believe it or not. It's cooled down a little bit, but it's about that perfect 78 my, my range around there. So I'm enjoying the day, man. I had a uh, a fun-filled day. <laughs> Start out this morning, get ready, walking down the down the stairs, getting ready to go to work. Bada bada boop. Boom, car, dead battery. You know, it's not like it's nothing. It's nothing out of the ordinary when it's something like that happening. So whenever something's not wrong, that's when I raise an eyebrow. Other than that, all's been good. I haven't, I haven't caught up with this. Uh, the uh, actually, I've watched snippets of the last episode of the last dance. Cause frankly, man, like I said, I've seen a lot of this stuff that's put on here. But it's just been a big old global reach around, whatever you want to call it, uh, jerking for Mike for Mike Jordan. And, uh, oh, come on, man. Look, man, uh, look. It's crazy, we, man. We can't it's crazy, but Mike those are things of yours. You, you, we're not going to allow you to, to talk to MJ. You have to call him MJ or Michael Jordan or Mike. Or if you like to call him Jordan. But all this Mike Jordan shit like he's in junior high is disrespectful. <laughs> well, <laughs> can I call him a lowercase MJ if, if, that, if that would suffice? <laughs> hey, I'm just so sick and tired of this shit, man. I've been, I've been dealing with this Jordan nonsense for many years now. Um, and now it's just out the woodworks louder than ever. So I'm glad we get to talk about certain things that some lowercase MJ fans out there wouldn't know or think possible by one, their God, his airness. I can't believe this. And this guy calling him Mike Jordan like him. <laughs> That's crazy, boy. I, 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 I'm not even going to take the time to dwell into your your hate for Michael Jordan, and I know damn well, damn well, you've spent uh, some of your hard-earned dollars to rock a pair of his shoes to show off to a girl. I know you've done it. Um, my, I think I probably got a pair of the threes when I was a sophomore in high school. That's the last recollection I could uh, I have of buying Jordan paraphernalia. Other than when LeBron first went to L.A., then, <laughs> then I ended up getting me two pairs of of Mike Jordans because, like, I did, I was just a lost basketball soul with with LeBron going to the Lakers. But then all that we all brushed that under the rug. So everything's all good. Back to bronze. Bronze on mine only. JP, I've been uh, I've been rocking bronze since bronze been out. Real hardcore bronze fan right here. Seventh, the seventh, the seventh. That's the ones right there. Uh, I got to look on the. I got to look on the shoe calendar. I'm not sure uh, which ones the the lowercase MJ fans got them all ranked up. What's he got about about twenty of them bitches now? Twenty two shoes, something like that. Something like that. We we kind of start counting after about seventeen, but it don't matter. Uh, captains in yeah. the building. Is this really your real phone number? 
out there in Texas, man. What's up with you, Willa? Man, ain't nothing much, man. Just out here doing my thing, man. Glad to be, like R.C. said, man, glad to be back on with the family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, get to talk a little sports, a little MJ. You know, I'm going to show, I'm going to put a little respect on that man's name, call him MJ, man. You know, watching these shows takes you back to the good old days. Yeah. Where, you know, you don't have to worry about paying no bills. You don't have to worry about nothing. You just have to worry about just getting up and going to school and shit, man. So, you know, taking back to the good old days, getting to see finally MJ didn't snitch. This was, uh, what was this, week week number four. He was three for three, a snitch and telling on somebody. Finally this week, didn't drop he any dry dimes. Snitch, though. He dry snitch, Who, who he dry snitch I, on? I think it was dry snitching when he called Phil to say how Scotty can never live that shit down not going in the game. That's dry snitching to me. Nigga, why, why that was weird. That was real weak. Yeah, no, I ain't gonna say that was. Dry, I ain't gonna say that was dry snitch. That was just being. That was just being weak. Yeah, you know, he pulled. He pulled one of those moves. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, man. Yeah, no, but yeah, I'm glad to be on here, man. Good, like I said, I'm ready to talk a little. Whatever y'all, whatever we need to be talking about, man. You know, the Michael Jordan conspiracy. I don't know exactly how. How I feel about that, I'm gonna let you guys discuss it, and I might, you know, I might make my ruling on that, man. But yeah, you know, I knew a little bit of something about that back when it happened, <laughs> but I think, I think the uh, the documentary sort of changed my mind on how I felt about that. But maybe y'all can bring me back to the uh, to the dark side, so we'll see how it goes, man. But yeah, shout out to RC's car always breaking down. Uh, Damn, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Thanks, Willis. Thanks, brother. Ah, that old Dodge. Look, man, let's just put this. Let me make this simple for potential car buyers out there. Stick with the things that are tried and true. You got to understand, Chrysler, Dodge, every now and again, they're going to come out with a hot body style. And it's going to sweep everybody up. Uh, I believe not too long ago was the the Dodge Magnum. Man, I don't even know nobody who has a Dodge Magnum. That shit, like, went extinct. Like, those cars are no longer on the road. Just stick with the the, the, the automobiles that are tried, tested, and true, man. Those being a Honda, those being the Nissan, a, a Toyota, for the most part when it comes to sedans. So you you anti-American? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I mean, how how's your charger doing, Will? Are you still pushing that thing around? Yeah, my charger is doing pretty good, man. You know, it's, it, we almost on about three 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 hundred thousand, Doug. So you know, I'm going. It's, it's going. God, it's damn. going strong. Yeah. But how many engines you done put in this thing? Yeah. None, man. I haven't had nothing. I haven't had nothing major done to it, man. I had a a bracket break one time, but nothing major done. AC still crisp. Uh, yeah, man. Doing good bang. Well, still got that bang. I'm, a, I'm on 115,000 miles, goddammit, and I'm <laughs> Man. <clears throat> well, that's pretty amazing, Willie. You must take really good care of your cars. Um, Maybe that's all highway miles. I'm assuming Texas. You know, when I think Texas, I'm thinking of these long country roads. And maybe you're just driving straight shots everywhere, twenty twenty miles to the to the fucking grocery <laughs> store. You know what Stop I mean? It. Maybe there's no red lights anywhere. 
you know, all dirt roads maybe is what's keeping that thing together. <laughs> I don't know how the hell you have 300,000 miles on the charger. Hey, dog, because, hey, I got me a good one, man. You know, hey, this is what it is. Yeah, you know, we're in East Houston. It ain't like that uh, L.A. traffic, but I'm sure, it's, you know, it's a little, <laughs> little worse than Central Valley out there, man. So, you know, we pushing it. It gets pushed. Dog, all right. You know. Shots everywhere. All right. Yep, no, yep, ain't no yep. shots. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a little worse. Are we talking about traffic? That ain't a shot. I'd rather have no traffic. Oh. You know, that's the good thing oh, about this coronavirus. Oh, my bad. I thought you were, like, putting us involved with the dirt roads and stuff. I, I took that wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I'm from Houston, Texas, though. So, you know, there ain't no dirt roads out here. Come on now. Well, here's a lot of big butts out there, though. That's all I hear. It's been, been a long time since I've been around those parts. But, uh, Rest of the team to complete the team, man. Uh, smoke God himself. Just bring him in. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Son, all the way from Seattle, man. What's up with you, man? What's going on, man? Uh, you know, I just called in. You know, uh, I wish I would have called in a little bit later, man, because you know, um, I heard y'all talking about cars and stuff, and. Unfortunately, I can't contribute to that uh, conversation because, like RC, like RC yeah. exposed of, my, of me, I don't have a car. You know, I ride. <laughs> this guy, man, just never oh, man. Up, you know. Oh man, I mean, if, 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 I, I don't know the story behind this, but I suppose at some point you fell on times where transportation was. Not a At least that's the story RC's telling everybody, so I'm just gonna ride with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing Man. funny about public transportation, and it's perfectly fine. Um yes, I know, but we here we about to recap this episode seven and eight. I'm sure I know you are a sports fan like myself, a fanatic. I know you caught it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course oh, he yeah, got it. You got it. You got it. He's the biggest Mike Jordan fan here in this group. <clears throat> yes, he has been a Michael Jordan defender. I'm, look, hey, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan, bro. I mean, you can get that. You can get that straight out your system. You know what I'm saying? And you can get it out your system quicker than the coronavirus. So, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan, but you know what I what I won't stand for is people over-exaggerating or slandering or tearing down eras for an agenda or not factually based. But but as far as Michael Jordan, no. I was watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I was rooting for them to lose every time. Unfortunately, the only time they lost was 1995. You know, but when it comes to, uh, you know, talking about errors and that, that's when I step in and, you know, say what I need to say. But I'm not a Michael Jordan fan, just like I'm not a LeBron fan. You know what I mean? But uh, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? But I just happen to be the guy that's speaking out on Jordan in this case when it comes to you guys, you three rascals, you know? So (laughs) I'm just that guy. A rascal. 
You know, I prefer being called a rascal over a joker. I really don't like it when people yeah. be like, over you three jokers. If you would have called us three jokers, I'd have took exception to that. The three rascals. What well, if I called all three of you guys thugs? Oh, no, no. Now I'm just to say you're racist. Oh, yeah, I ain't no <laughs> Hey, I can get away with that. I got the skin tone. I can call y'all thugs, and it's not going to be controversial. And I ain't going to be like the coach for the Cavs where he said, no, I said slugs. I'm going to repeat. I said, no, I said thugs. Why don't you just say we have a posse, our posses together. Phil said that nigga had a posse with him. That's slightly racist, hey. though. <laughs> I, I don't, don't, I don't know coach. about that one. I think it's, I think because if you notice, <laughs> it was his crew. Hey, if you notice, it was his crew that went more crazy about it than LeBron. LeBron's going to back him up because that's his boys. But deep down, he's like, you know, LeBron was like, that's my posse. Yes, it is. But then when Maverick and them got sensitive, he had to ride with them. So I don't blame him. I stand I by LeBron on that one. You got to ride with your boys. But you know LeBron's LeBron looking at like, that's my posse. Do you ever call... A white dude and his friends a posse. I think that's the context it's put in. And it's never done, man. I mean, you just don't call a white dude and his friends posse. They call it an entourage. They made a whole fucking series on HBO about a white dude and his crew. It's called an entourage. Tell them, JP. But, but when we fucking Well, to be it, honest, I mean, if you really want to get into that, like, when it comes to sports-related, I mean, unfortunately... Not, not a lot of white guys end up getting to the level where they're good enough to have an entourage. So let's tell the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. white boys do it. They make it a French name, entourage. And it sounds real good. <laughs> we, we get uh, simple shit know, like a posse, man. We'll move on. We'll move I don't on. know. Son, I, think, I think my boy Tyler Hero, he got, he got a posse out there in, uh, in, 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 in South Florida, I'm sure. You see, he got he's a horn roll. <laughs> I heard he got a baddie, baddie. Yeah, you see, either he done, he done got full Miami out. He got he got cornrows and everything now. White boy. Oh. Man, no comment on that one. Look, man, digressing, digressing. <laughs> Let's jump right into it, dude. Uh, we had episode 78. Like I said, man. Beautifully done. Beautifully done by the collaboration of ESPN and Netflix on how they kind of mirrored the nine, the ninety six through ninety eight seasons with the ninety one through ninety three seasons, and they're they're doing them simultaneously, and um, I think they're doing a really good job of that. It's it's a first that I've ever seen a documentary done with with, with like that. Um, quick question before we dive, guys. The Kenny Main commercial, where Kenny Main is like, in 20 years, they're going to make a documentary about it. Is, is that shit real? Or, or is, are they just doing some kind of parody? Guys. Not, mm-hmm. RC? Nah, man, that shit's fake, bro. Nah, that, there's no way. Ken, if Kenny Main, if Kenny Main really predicted that 20 years ago, he would be a billionaire. 
Because if you could predict stuff like that, <laughs> you could come up with some shit to make a lot of money. That's that's not real, bro. All you know? right, all right. But it looked, right. it was good though. I noticed that commercial too. I was like, wow, you know, that was kind of crazy. Twilight yeah, type Twilight stuff. Put a lot. But anyway, um, so of course we're we're coming to the end of both three peaks, and in both instances, uh, and they actually pointed out in the documentary, Michael is almost as tired, as mentally exhausted, as drained in both instances, at the end of 93 and at the end of 98. Um, you see a tired Michael Jordan who's, you know, done as much as he's could and he's exhausted. Um, one of the things that you definitely have to slow down and talk about in episode seven and I think is one of the most uh, monumental turning points in the career of Michael Jordan, of course, the retirement. And to me, this is to what today's show is about, the retirement. Why did Michael Jordan, at 30 years old, in his prime, in total domination, in total control of the NBA, retire for 18 months? That's something pretty un- something pretty unprecedented. You don't see a dude in his absolute prime go off and play another sport. It's odd, and and we're gonna take a deep dive into that today. The retired to do that. We gotta talk about the thing that Michael said led him to retirement, and that's the death of his father. You see, the death of his father is what Michael said led him to retirement. And when they beat, when they finished off, uh, who was it at the end of 93? Um, the Sonics, I want to say. I'm not sure. Or, was, or it could have been the uh, Suns, one or the other. They beat so Phoenix. They? Phoenix was Phoenix. the first three-peat, was the last, yeah. Okay, when they finished off Phoenix, Michael had had enough. You know, Michael was exhausted. Also, correct correct me if I'm wrong here, two, less than three months before that, his father died. So less than two months before the the retirement, the end of the first three-peat, you had Michael Jordan suffering. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that death, went under the radar. Mike, uh, James Jordan was hand-in-hand hand with Michael, as we see in the documentary, hand-in-hand, hand, pretty much going 50-50 on decision-making of what Michael did. The time in the documentary where James pretty much spoke for Michael. At some point in time, Michael went, he blacked out on the media. He said he's not talking anymore. And from here on out, his father will be handling all those affairs. This is a kid with a good dad, you know, and I, I, I want to, you know, just just put some respect on, on the name of the footballers out there because you don't get to become Michael Jordan because somewhere you fall short. Somewhere you blow the gasket and you, you go in the stands and fight fans. Somewhere you do something crazy because you ain't got that dad. So, you know, this is a heavy-handed edition. I get to do what I want. 
So I want to put some respect on some motherfucking dad. Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. And and it just goes to show how much James Jordan meant to Michael. Because it truly was a turning point in Michael's career. But the death of James Jordan. So when that came up in the documentary, I think we all got a full sense of how important it was to Michael. But what about the death itself? Anyone know anything about that? So, of course, your your boy Old Heavy Hand uh, did a little research on it, man. Not not too much. And, uh, of course, as I thought it was fishy, seemed awfully weird. And we'll, we'll dive into it some. But the current status of that death is a man who's been incarcerated for the past 20 years unrightfully. Let's get a little details about that. Then we'll dive into that some. Well, let, let, let's do this, man. Um, some details. So James Jordan found in some back hillbilly fucking road three months later on a creek, months later in a creek, body found, in North Carolina, uh, rumored to have pulled over to get some rest. James Jordan was a guy who had a very tightly knit bond with his family and didn't stay gone for long. So they knew, like they said in the documentary, that when they didn't hear from James for X amount of time, they knew something was wrong. Uh, I don't know if it was said in the documentary, but in some small town there in uh, North Carolina, James Hart was found, uh, his body found months later, um, and the two people that were on wild was one, some derelict-looking motherfucker who actually turned out to be the local sheriff's son, and some random black dude. Guess who took the fall? Black dude. Oh, what a shocker, right? So, new evidence has come out. <laughs> and uh, today, um, and this random black guy is trying to get a retrial. So let's just get a little information just on the death of James Jordan. The man convicted of killing the father of NBA superstar Michael Jordan says he's innocent. James Jordan died in 1993. Andre Green and his friend Larry Demery were both charged with murder. Demery testified Green pulled the trigger killing Jordan in the car where he'd been sleeping. And of course, you know, I'm pissed to a certain degree because I know that I've been here for 17 years, you know, for something that I like, you know what I'm saying, really didn't have nothing to do with. Green says a new report reveals mistakes at North Carolina's crime lab. The 35-year-old is trying to get his case back in court and has filed a motion on his own. First of all, you have uh, been withholding uh, potentially exculpatory evidence. The latest development in Green's case hinges on blood evidence. Back in 1996, an investigator testified she found a small amount of blood in the passenger seat of Jordan's car. But the latest report reveals the crime lab only found indications of blood during an initial test, and four follow-up tests were inconclusive. Green's case is one of nearly 200 under review. Other mistakes at the lab have led authorities to call for a criminal investigation. You know, already see me walking out of these doors, and that's what you know, inspired me and kept me going. So this is just something else that pretty much confirms that I'm on the right you know, path. Green says he was not present when Jordan died, but has admitted he helped dispose of the body. He's also admitted to using Jordan's car and taking his jewelry. Son, Michael Jordan, has declined to comment. Carlotta Bradley, The Associated Press. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. 
don't like that shit. So, what do we have? We have a man who's been behind bars for 20-something years now. For what they term now would not be enough evidence, evidence to incarcerate a person. They term now it as not they 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 put them in jail for indications of blood. Okay, now first of all, indications of blood. They run four extra samples. There's no indication. So basically, they didn't find blood. And even if they had found blood, does that exactly mean you killed the man? I don't necessarily mean you killed him. But they put this man behind bars for 20 years for indication of blood, and now they don't even have enough evidence to have indications of blood. Then the agency is now under investigation from a federal authority for over 200 cases, for over 200 cases of misconduct and mishandling of information and evidence. Plot tickets, plot tickets, man. Uh, fellas, uh, let me let me let me just go up the line. Uh, RC, thoughts, my man. Um, we, we got Michael Jordan's father dying, and then we got the killer and all these things that we've just kind of uncovered, man. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, um, out of all respect, dude, with the whole situation involved, yeah, a big. Um, R.I.P. to James Jordan, father of Michael Jordan, and um, yeah, I was surprised that they, that that uh, old Mike didn't run from this one and actually had it involved in there. There's a lot of speculation of what could have happened. Um, we were speaking earlier about it in the infamous group message that we are all in. Um, there could be a, a, a there could be a whole. Different story or stories that are speculated can be very close to or something like that. I always looked at it as the NBA mythologies when I spoke to Simon about it and we talked about uh, here and there. And I was like, you know, I, I never really looked too much into it. Um, I always just heard of and just let it be that. But, um, you know, there's always these, I mean, shit. <laughs> you get crazy speculation, conspiracy theories going around by people who think LeBron James has something to do with Kobe Bryant's death. So I'm not surprised that the people would speculate on anything like that. For me, I mean, hey, Michael Jordan had been gambling a lot, and, you know, he had a, he had an issue with gambling, as we all know. Mike Jordan couldn't even go fictionally without having a bet in Space Jam. Remember when the Monstars uh, GM dude who won, okay, let's make a bet, you know? So, yeah, Jordan can end not bet in a movie, let alone real life. But um, it could have been something where, hey, maybe they knew who it was because uh, when, when this had happened, uh, the license plate said what? You knew who it was. It wasn't a random. The whole idea of someone pulling over to fall asleep, I never fucking did that. I knew people who did that, but they were all white people. I, you, If you ain't got the complexion for the protection, like Willa said, Exactly. Um, I don't think that pulling over and, and, and you know, taking a nap on the side of the road is I don't I don't I don't think that's a, I don't think that's anything plausible if you ask me. Um especially and I'm coming from a Hispanic standpoint. Coming from a black man standpoint, Jordan's father was not no light skinned Steph Curry now. 
So to pull over on the side of the road to take a nap, that's a red flag for me. I don't buy that shit at all. I don't care how much someone's been, been driving. If you're tired and you need to take a nap, just hop out, walk around, drink some water, turn the music up, something like that. But, man, this whole thing, honestly, man, to me, I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't want to come off as that guy, but, I mean, hey, it, it, it's just me. I can't prove nothing or anything like that. But speculation for me was maybe someone didn't think it was James Jordan in, a, in that car. They thought it was another Jordan. As Simon mentioned that he um, had an issue, or I don't know who mentioned this. I take that back. But he, uh, he, was, uh, he, he didn't always pay off his debts. And, you know, sometimes you mess with the wrong people out there. Um, who knows? Maybe starting to go away for a little bit. Um, take a take a hiatus so shit don't come to the stadium or to the arena. If if these guys who you know wanted to make a make a statement or something, who knows? Anything could happen, right? But um, I I just look at it. Uh, the more I looked into it, was that you know um, if Mike didn't uh, take care of things, and sometimes things will get taken care of for you. And it's just the unfortunate circumstances when it comes to anything involved with uh, money at stake. And, you know, and that's all I can really speak on it from that. I don't want to go too far into it because it's, like we said, it's unknown. You know? So, that's what I think. I think that it was somebody who, I think it, I think that, I don't, first of all, I don't buy into that shit that he went to pull over to get some rest. I don't buy into that. Uh, and I think that they I think that uh, it was a mistaken identity of which Jordan was actually in the vehicle. But that's just me. Interesting, interesting. Well, uh, um, your thoughts, man. Um, you know, Michael Jordan's father's mysterious death. Uh, we got his accuser uh, seemingly maybe not being the guy who did it. Your thoughts about the whole death of Michael Jordan's father? Man, uh, you know, uh, we all knew that Michael Jordan's dad was very important to him. Um, and you can see that in the documentary. Uh, he was there his entire career, man. That's what you call a good, proud black father, what all fathers need to be like, man. But like uh, like MJ, he had a gambling problem, man, and that's what leads to all this stuff, I believe. Um, well, all the speculation. But um, as far as as far as the guy, you know, saying that he's not guilty, you know, you're playing with a body. I, you know, I don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? He was involved. I understand that, you know, if you, you got to be smart. If you're going to be with the, uh, the sheriff's son or whatever, then, you know, more than likely you're going to be the one that's going to get in trouble no matter who did it. So I don't want to hear that shit, man. You know, I'm usually pro black when it comes to this stuff, but you know, you take a man out, you help somebody kill somebody. If you help him kill I think how it goes down there in uh well it used to be out there in uh California. You kill some you help somebody kill somebody, you're out of there too, man, and that's that's how I believe it should be. So I don't wanna hear that shit, man. Uh, as far as his dad dying and the gambling, I'm not you know, I used to think that, but like they said, it's been what, twenty, thirty years almost. Well not thirty years, twenty plus years and we haven't really heard any real words about that nobody said anything you know besides rumors but we haven't really heard nothing we know this guy he said he wasn't one that did, that did it but i'm pretty sure he did man so you know 
it is what it is. I'm not I'm not in the, the conspiracy at this point. I used to be. I used to think it was all, you know, he got popped for, ga- for gambling, you know, but they wouldn't have put this out. I don't think if that would have been something like that. They did. They did gloss over it. You know, they didn't really talk too much about it. But, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't think I just think he was wrong place, wrong time, man. And the guys that did it, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear nobody whining. He's trying to snitch. He's trying to pull a Takashi out here. Willa, 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 have you you ever, JP, allow me to ask Willa a question, please, sir. Willa, have you ever, you travel a lot, like you said, with the Rona going on. You haven't really jumped on a plane and things like that last time we spoke. Have you ever pulled over on the side of of a countryside road or something like that to take a nap and feel safe? Uh. I have, man, but I wasn't an old man. I was, you know, when I was, you know, I haven't done that in a long time. But when I when I used to make trips, I used to pull over at, at, at little rest stops and, and take naps, man. You know, I really wasn't scared of that. But that probably wasn't the smartest not thing a rest to do. Stop. I wouldn't do it now. He wasn't at a rest stop. He, was like, he wasn't at a rest stop. Just like some back road off of some. <laughs> yeah, that's fishing. Like where there's no civilization at, you know what I mean? Like his body was found in a creek, dude. You know, like this is some country shit. Now, a few details, few details. Uh, of course, we know that the the other alleged uh, suspect that was a white guy was the local sheriff's son, and this was supposedly a robbery gone wrong. Black dude who's accused. He says, look, here's what I did do. I helped dispose of the body, and I drove the car around and tried to sell it. But I didn't kill him. Now, if we're going by, you know, what the law says, that's not that's not accessory to a – well, I don't know if that's considered accessory to a crime. But what his attorney says is for the stuff that he's admittedly done, he would have been out of jail 15 years ago. So – Nah, he admitted to nah, he admitted to uh he admitted to he said his story was that and he wasn't by the way, he was Takashi and all the way down that whole case. Because he his story was that they were at a party, the guy that he was with that he he claimed uh pulled the trigger, left for a second for a little bit to do a drug deal. He said when he came back, he was like tripping out, hysterical, whatever you want to call it, you know, and was like, hey, man, I need your help. And then he said they went over to where Jordan's dad was at, and he was dead with a gunshot wound, and then he helped dispose of the body. He said that they got into a confrontation, then he shot Jordan's dad. That's, so that's what, so he, but he was like, he was like, what I did was I did help him get rid of the body. So that is an accessory because Anytime you help in any way, you're an accessory because you know of this murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, so what's he saying? Was he saying Jordan's dad wasn't trying to pull over? He was trying to get a little one on one, a little a little toot up, and the drug deal went wrong. No, that, what, no that's what, what the guy the guy that said accessory <laughs> to murder, he said that that's what the story was from his like what the guy told him. Like, we got in a confrontation, I shot him. Come help me get rid of this body. Yeah, it's his alibi. You know? So, well, you know, but, but yeah, when you when you when you admit when you say, oh yeah, I I helped dispose of the body, but 
you know, I wasn't technically yeah, anyway. like, bro, once you do that, you kind of got to just take the charge, bro. You know, sorry. Yep. It's, it is yep. it is what it is, man. You know, well, I but, don't know, man. I, I don't. If, you if right on that, man. And what it sounds like, judiciously speaking, there is a difference from uh, what his attorney said, because this this case has been brought back to, you know, back to court. So for the things uh, Mr. Green, I believe his last name is, has admittedly done, he should have long been out of jail. Um, he yeah, shouldn't it's no, di- it's no different than, uh, it's no different than like, okay, we know that with, with, uh, uh, with OJ, right? We know what happened in 94. He got no. acquitted, okay? So he ends up getting that charge with his, uh, you know, trying to go rob those guys of his merchandise or whatever, he, or he thought he, they had his stuff, right? He ends up doing 10 years, right? When that charge really wasn't a charge that amounted for as much time what they did. What they were, what, so what we know that it's the court system and all that, They'll all, they'll find ways to keep you in there if they can, you know. So technically, the charge says ten years or whatever, but you know, in a high-profile case like that, you know, where you you killed one of the most uh, famous people in the United States, father, or were involved, you know, they'll find ways to keep you in there, man. You know, I'm I'm just saying, man, that's yep. just how it works. Whether you want to say. Whether it's right or wrong or whatever, this we're not. This, we're just. I'm just telling you how it works because if you look at what OJ was charged with and how long he stayed, that was a makeup call right there. You know, for yeah, yeah. '94. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But nonetheless, man, we got to move on. But there's definitely some shady, some 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 shade, some smoke surrounding the whole death. Michael Jordan's father, James Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, well, hey, let me speak on that, too. Let me speak on that. I'm just telling you the part with the guy. You know, you can't, you know, you know this guy, right? I'm just saying I'm not going to feel sorry for a guy that's also snitching himself. He's snitching himself then wanting to basically get off and all that, but then you admit you're, you're snitching on one guy, but then you're also telling on yourself by saying, yeah, but I did dispose, dispose of the body. But this is the thing. This is one thing we need to consider about James Jordan. I'm not trying to talk about a man that's dead or this and that, right? Okay, we know Michael is his son. A lot of times the son things away from the dad, right? We know that at least one time, we know for a fact, Jordan's dad was with him the night, the night, uh, the night after he lost the game in New York and went to Jersey and gambled. So, we, you know, we're so focused on thinking about the, the gambling part from the Michael side, we also got to think about – was was you know was James Jordan not time in that too? It's important James, to know, you know that gambling is not illegal. It's important to know no, that. It's, no, it's not. But I'm saying, could it have? You know, I'm saying we know that Michael had a lot of unpaid debts. I'm talking about strictly unpaid debts. You know, I don't believe that. And that's the thing. let me let me just throw that out there. Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't know. Now somebody has to explain to me why a known gambler. Michael Jordan's a known gambler. And in, I think, gambling psychology in the gambling game, you can't be one of the quote-unquote whales of the game and not pay your debts. Matter of fact, you can't be in the game. Because you have to pay. Man, that's just one old no, you, Did you hear about how much, Did you hear about how much Barkley owed 
the casinos in Vegas at one time? A lot of these guys, man, they be owing casinos and people. Like, this isn't like Jordan. It's high profile right now because we're talking about the last dance and everything. But he's not the only high profile person that, you know, I don't, don't be paying money, up. Money was ever an issue for Michael Jordan. I don't think not, the money. Sometimes it's not just about money. Sometimes guys are sore losers and they just try to be like, you know what? You know, you know, you're on the golf course, you're betting a little money, you lose, you're like double or nothing. Awesome. Let's go. You lose again. Boom. Do it again. Boom. And start the debt starts getting high. You probably have some cash on you. You're probably throwing some of the cash to the dude. All right, here, here. But then you end up putting more money than cash you have in your pocket. The night the, the 18 holes are over. You go on about your business, but the guy's sitting back thinking like, hold up, man. <laughs> you still owe me this. You lost. You we'll, know? we'll get to the end of it. We'll get we'll we'll see what we we think by the end of this thing. Um, but I, I I guess the battle surmise like the whole Michael Jordan's father thing. But Michael Jordan's father, getting back to the recap, Michael himself said that his father um, told him he always wanted him to be a baseball player. And Michael, in some sympathetic realm, said, you know. I, there's nothing else I can accomplish on this basketball court. Here at 30 years old, I'm going to retire, fulfill my now dead father's dream of becoming a baseball player. Now, moving on, we're moving on from Michael's father's death, and we go into the retirement, right? Michael Jordan retires from baseball. Now, let's just, let, let's, let's just uncover some of the interesting nuances about that. Let's just talk about a few things that are awfully fishy. One, retiring at 30 years old while you're at, at the, the peak of what an athlete could ever be in the United States. And you just cut it off cold turkey. And then to of all things say, I'm going to go play baseball. I don't know if any of you guys have ever played baseball. But it's not a sport about jumping high or running fast. Okay, how high you jump really has very to do with how effective you are at baseball. In fact, it's an entire, entirely separate, different set of mechanics needed to play. So for Michael Jordan even to fathom that is absolutely ridiculous if you ask me. That said, that more strengthens my stance of this being some kind of coerced situation. Here's another reason why I think it's coerced. He went and played for Jerry Krause's other team. Do, 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 do y'all get that? I, I mean, the guy went and played professionally for his previous boss's team. <laughs> Now, While still school, being paid his basketball salary. Same money, three point two. <laughs> now, I don't think there's a player on earth. The trans we, we, we see guys try to do it, and I think the, 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 the two most notable guys that have done it. And this is football to baseball. Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Football, again, Bo Jackson could get away with sheer strength, speed and just hand them the damn ball and let them be fast and strong. Baseball took another mechanic. But the, the mechanics it takes to be an effective basketball player 
to cross the line to baseball is too drastic. Those are two complete different things. It's not about, hey, Dion, go cover a guy. Just cover him. That just takes athleticism and, you know, some know-how. And then you have your your baseball mechanics. But you can, I don't believe there's ever been a guy who's played basketball and baseball because that's just two different people. And Michael Jordan, crazily, just went out there and said, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball. And Jerry Krause. Help him on payroll. Same, same what he made. This is some smooth business. I don't even know how it happens. I, I, I don't know how this happened. I, I, I'll go as far as to even say the damn government had to be in on it. Because who lets this type of business happen? You don't get to just switch to your owner's other professional franchise. Man, that shit is laughable. So Mike retires, and let's just talk about the baseball some because I think those things are just too crazy. Now, as crazy it is, it is to think to switch those mechanics of going to, from playing basketball to baseball, everybody in the documentary said, hey, if you gave Michael 1,500 at best, we believe that he could have made it to the major leagues. And what were the ending numbers? He ended up batting 202 and drove in 50 runs. Not bad for a running back, right? You know what I mean? Um, So maybe Michael was some sort of formidable. But you have to think it's just crazy and not even fathomable for him to even think he could make that switch. Um, And as I said, Michael started off pretty good. Uh, Pitchers learned. He was a novice, and let's just throw him a curveball. And Mike couldn't hit the curve. And, man, I, I just think it was super interesting that to even fathom that was a, a, a transition that anyone could make and how that did get bought to the carpet. But I think Michael Jordan, a better baseball player than Tim Tebow is. I do think Jordan's a better ba- baseball player than T- Tim Tebow was. But um, I'll open it back up to y'all, man. Uh, RC, man, your thoughts on just that, the, the transition, and, and then staying with the same owner and getting paid the same wage you were getting paid while you were an NBA star. What do, what do you think about that? Is, is that raise a brow or is that, you know, just a normal practice? Our seeds drop. Um, Willa, man, you, uh, do you find did you find that part to be interesting, or was it just normal to you? Well, you know, it, it was sort of interesting to see how it all played out, especially with him, you know, being able to go to with the same owner. But when you think about it, that's a way for them to keep him close, man. I think you know there was a lot of money to be made. You know, he was making what do you say, three point two million. You know, who knows how much the the owner the owner was making. And then he paid him another three point two million to go play triple A ball where they had the press where they were selling out crowds. You know, I think that was a smart move, you know. Um it's baseball. In baseball you pay the guys whatever you want to pay them. It, it, it ain't no cap. 
It ain't no whatever. So you just do what the hell you want to do. If you got the money, you pay them. And I think it was, a, you know, a great investment. They they were selling out, doing their thing. And, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, you're talking about how he, it sort of, he sort of sucked, but not really. I think they said he is 202. But then when you watch the, the 30 for 30 of him, uh, uh, Michael rides the bus or something like that, Michael Jordan rides the bus, he played in another league where he, the higher up, I think it might have been triple-A ball, where he batted, he batted for like 250 or something like that. And they said – you know, most people thought that if he stayed around and stuck around, he'd be pretty good at it. So, you know, I don't – I think Jordan followed his dream, and he did a pretty good job at it, man. I, I ain't mad at it. I don't – it didn't really raise raise the eyebrow for me at all, especially looking to it, good, seeing the history. Like I said, at first, you know, at first we thought it was all about him gambling. I uh, thought it was all about that. But after seeing the documentary, especially in watching that – uh. Jordan uh, rides the bus uh, 30 for 30. I think that, you know, he just was fulfilling his dream, doing something for his dad that he thought, you know, would bring him close to his dad. And and he wasn't he wasn't that bad. He wasn't bad at all at baseball. So, you know, Michael Jordan, is he was a, a spectacular uh, athlete when it came down to it, man. So, you know, hey, I think that was smart, smart business move by the owner to get the biggest athlete in the world to come play triple, to come play double A baseball for you, where you probably selling 150 tickets, and now you're selling 3,000, 4,000 tickets to see double uh, A baseball, man. So, you know, I'm sure you made that money back plus more. Wow, son, do you think it was just as simple as old Mike saying, you know, shit, man, you know, done all I can do here, won three titles, Magic and Bird never won three in a row. Dad's died. Dad always wanted me to be a ball player. I think now's the time. I'm 30 years old. Now's the time. Is, is that what Mike said? Uh, man, I mean, that's what that's what we're being told. I mean, you know, we can always speculate and everything. I mean, at the end of the day, man, we'll never know. You know, it's it is what it is. I mean, uh, what's being written and what's being told is what is what it was. I, you know, at the end of the day, so he decided to go play baseball, you know, coming off a three-peat. I mean, on one hand, it's like, you know, it's 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 a little, like, eyebrow-raising, but then, it, you know, in the second three-peat, they, they didn't defend it. You know what I mean? It's like, for whatever reason, the Bulls never got to defend their third straight championship. So we never got to see, uh, you know, if they could have won four in a row, which would have been just crazy, you know, in this era. Uh, you know, like – I mentioned before was like I just don't you know a lot of people believe that they would have went you know eight straight or even ten straight and I just don't I just no matter how great I think Jordan was or this and that you know the feeling of like watching him play and thinking that they would never lose hoping they would lose but in the back of my mind like I just I just can't see it happening I you know when you really think about it big picture like that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. And I just don't see how the Bulls would have been able to do it. But as far as, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the Jordan thing, man, I mean, you know, it's just so hard to say, man. I mean, his dad died. His dad was very close to him. So on a lot of ends, it it does make sense. You know, hey, let me go try this out. Because you got to think about it. People, people think, people believe that 
a lot of people believe that when he hit that shot against Utah, that was when it was like cemented. He's the greatest player of all time. Nah, man, people were saying Jordan was the greatest player of all time after his first championship, you know? So even when he would have retired right then after the three, he was considered – most people thought he was the best player of all time. So it wasn't like Jordan would have been like leaving with that question of am I still the greatest, I got more to prove, when a lot of people would have said he was the greatest anyway. So, okay, this would be the time to go try something out see if I could do this. You know, my dad died. This is a way for me to kind of cope with it. I get it. You know, it's just, but then there's that part where it's like the man was at the top of his, uh, top of the game, top of his game. And he just walked away, you know, and this whole, this whole, uh, you know, drained and tired and all that. It's real. Don't get it twisted. Like, and if you notice teams like dynasty type teams, for the most part, they're really they're at their best usually in that first year, you know, of a championship. Like if you look at the Warriors, they were their best team was that 2017 team. Then 2018, you know, they won it again, but then you know the Rocket series kind of uh, you know went to the wire, and a lot of people believe the Rockets should have won and all that. And then the, the year after that, you know, um, they uh, they lost to. Uh, uh, Toronto now they were banged up and all that, but they were still going through a lot of issues. Like you notice, what, I notice with these di- you know dynasty teams, it seems like after every year goes by, more issues starting to come. You know, ego, yeah. you know, credit yeah, and all that start player. getting involved, and then the players become not only physically drained but emotionally drained, and they kind of just want to go away and just, you know, kind of do their, whether it's retire, go to another team, this and that, you know, and it's like, um, so, and then with the Jordan situation, the first three Pete, they were, you know, he, after the third year, they were done. He had mostly personal issues, not really issues with the team. And then the second one, it was more issues with the management and the management having issues with Phil. And then they were just all done with each other. We know what happened with the Lakers. Shaq and Kobe got to a certain point where they were done with each other, you know? After, it just seems like the teams eventually just so – on one hand, it's like I, I, it, it, it doesn't make sense that Jordan stepped out to go play another sport. But then on the other hand, it doesn't make sense that the Warriors broke up. It doesn't make sense that the Lakers broke up, you know? All right. All right. Well, in this case um... – all of, all of them are, are, are particular to themselves. But um, I think that's the crossroad. And that's where the whole conspiracy lies to me. And that's what stuck out the most. Because undoubtedly, if Mar- Michael Jordan could come back nearly two years later and reel off three more, he certainly could have won the two in between. So we're talking about a guy that gets eight titles here. No, no. Oh God! Don't start, Willa, please, please don't start. <laughs> hey, don't start really? that book. <laughs> yeah, that that's the African out there. Oh, I'm not necessarily saying they would have lost to Houston, but I just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. I think the the wear and tear would have eventually caught up to whether it was the whole team and they just lose, or maybe one of the guys go down and get injured or something because. Uh, 
just think about like that last dance season, you know, and y'all going to see like Indiana, like Indiana could have really beat Chicago, bro. Like people, that's the misconception that people don't understand is Indiana was up 15 points in the first half of game seven in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like they had them and just blew it. Jordan and Pittman started taking over and they came back and won. Like, so now we're talking, okay, now add another two years of, uh, of them p- grinding and trying to win championships. I just think they would have caught up to them eventually, you know? Now, but there's the argument also, like, I get it. I get the argument because he came, he came back. I mean, they won three. He came back. They did lose to Orlando, but there's, you know, there's that whole rusty thing. Me, I personally think you were out there, you lost. Simple. You lost. You know, Orlando beat you. But the argument is Orlando did get swept the next year, fair and square, you know? Yeah. So yeah. by Chicago. So it's like, but there is that so, argument that, like, you know, they would have won eight straight. And some people believe that they would have won the very next year after the last, last dance season in the 99 lockout year. And then people also say if, if they would have played Shaq and Kobe Lakers in 2000, they would have beat them too, you know? And, and I'm just okay, like, but but Willis, you know, but I'm just saying that's what people say, you know. And I'm just I'm just saying that like, you know, well, I personally think the wear and tear. Uh, forget like, oh, if they want to break up with each other and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about egos, credit, emotions, all that. I'm just saying I personally think they would eventually caught a team that was fresh and ready to go and just would have beat them. I mean. Ten straight. You, you guys really, you guys really believe the Bulls would won eight to ten straight titles? Really? Well, the two in between are the ones that are in question. I don't think anybody talks about extending past the '98 season because everybody was really getting long in the tooth at that point. But I think the two uh, in between. But Jordan, no, but what I mean is Jordan wasn't. Jordan was still the best player in the league. That's why people say like. He should have came back and played the lockout year. He they would have won that year too, and then he would have won after that because Jordan was still the best player in the NBA. You know, but, Possibly. but yeah, most of, most of the time they say the the two in between because he retired. But also they yeah. argue like, well, he was the best player in the league in that in that last year also. But eight yeah. JP, you think he would have won eight Sturry championships? Uh, I just think those are of course the ones in question, and then every you know Michael. Absolutely left at the, you know, the tops of his powers, you know, so it was hard at that point, at, you know, to see anyone beating them, you know, no one had anyone beating them at that point, but look guys, we got to move on, we got to move on, uh, but to me, that's the retirement is what stuck out most to me, why did Mike retire, man? And we've all kind of thrown it around and attributed it to this and attributed it to that. But I want to take a deep dive into why Michael retired. Something that nobody thought about quite yet. And before we get into this conversation, man, gambling's legal. You know, Mike could owe somebody a billion dollars on the golf course. The NBA, you know, what? They, they, they don't get involved with that. Uh, Simon talked about X amount of dollars. The NBA never investigated. What's not, what's not legal is if you're betting on your own games. There you go. 
There now we're getting to something. But let's get into this, man. Let me um let me start off this audio and we'll just get this quick listen just to get um into this conspiracy a bit. Some have theorized that Jordan's abrupt departure from basketball and his subsequent return so soon afterward was a cover-up to hide a gambling suspension, and that it was in the best interest of the NBA to keep this quiet to maintain the image of the league and its star player. Let's get in to the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into some of the conspiracy now. Now we know Mike, Mike, uh, he retired abruptly, for, for lack of a better word. He, he certainly retired abruptly. So, but we do know that it had something to do with gambling, right? Everybody knows gambling, gambling, gambling. We all know about the gambling. So let's get into some, uh, some gambling talk so we can get, you know, just a little bit of a context into all the, the, the gambling and the problems that we were having with Mike. Now, Mike had a pretty squeaky clean reputation. And the NBA, to our knowledge, has never suspended Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan retired, allegedly, because he wanted to fulfill the childhood dream and one that his father had for him, wanting to play baseball. I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's admirable. But I'm going to need a little more than that, old Mikey Mike, before you want to tell me you left the throne, you left being the god of all gods at 30 years old because you wanted to fulfill, you know, a childhood dream that anybody with any real common sense know you can never fulfill. You can buy it. No one's stopping you from trying, Michael Jordan. But were you ever going to be a baseball player in the MLB? Uh, no. That was never going to happen. Uh, maybe it would have, they said, eventually. Da, 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 da. But to take two years out to figure that out, I think, is almost crazy. But the gambling and, and the crowd Michael was keeping was starting to starting to make its way to mainstream relevance. And I think the NBA was in a transition where they said, okay, we're coming off Larry and Magic, probably the golden era of the NBA. How do we transition? Then they found this kid with a different playing style than the NBA had ever seen. And the guy was squeaky clean and had a hell of a flair to his game. But as we were getting into the early 90s and that star was blossoming, other news was starting to make airwaves. And you have to ask yourself, why will Michael Jordan retire just voluntary? So that's part of the question. But let's get some context here, guys. This is about a uh, close to three-minute listen. Let's listen to this. Although Jordan's penchant for gambling was already established, it was news of his associations with a few specific men that brought his gambling into the media spotlight in the early 90s. In December 1991, it came out that Jordan regularly participated in high-stakes gambling with a man named James Slim Buller. Buller had twice been convicted for cocaine possession and was facing a third charge which, if guilty, would saddle him with a life sentence. He was also charged with money laundering. When investigators seized Buller's belongings, they found a $57,000 cashier's check made out to Buller and signed by Michael Jordan. 
Jordan explained that the $57,000 was repayment for money Jordan had lost to Buller betting on golf games, as well as money Jordan borrowed from Buller to cover debts from poker and other gambling endeavors. Also that year, on February 19, 1992, bail bondsman Eddie Dow was shot dead by four men just outside his home in North Carolina. The men who killed Dow robbed him of the roughly $20,000 in cash he had in his briefcase that night, but left the papers inside. Among those papers, police found photocopies of three checks written by Michael Jordan, totaling $108,000, funds that were also related to gambling. No, Mike. Play two, the NBA launched an investigation into Jordan's gambling. While the league had no rules against gambling in general, and Jordan was not under investigation by law enforcement, they wanted to ensure Jordan had not bet on professional basketball games and that his associations would not bring disrepute to the league. The three-week investigation turned up no evidence of wrongdoing on Jordan's part and was laid to rest with a promise from Jordan that he would no longer associate himself with high-stakes gamblers. 1993, Richard Esquinas, a former general manager of the San Diego Sports Arena alleged that he and Jordan had gambled on golf games for years and that Jordan had racked up a debt of $1.25 million, which according to Esquinas was negotiated down to $300,000. In an interview with Connie Chung, Jordan denied Esquinas' figure of $1.2 million and claimed he only ever owed him $300,000. If the NBA launched a second investigation shortly after Esquinas made news with his allegations. But just a week and a half after Jordan's October 6th retirement, NBA Commissioner David Stern announced that the investigation was concluded and Jordan was cleared, which some point to as evidence of the conspiracy theory. So we got some things there. Um, we got kind of a, a, a kind of some character, some character identification of old Michael there. A lot of people who are coming up, some bad people, some money launderers, um, some dudes who killed the Bills bondsmen, all had checks Michael had written to them in their possession. Um, after and there is a timeline here that's interesting. So the NBA apparently gets news of the first allegation with the Slim Bowler guy uh, in December. Then in February, you have the, the bail bondsman being shot by four dudes with $108,000 worth of checks from Mike in, in his possession. That happens in February. And then in March, the NBA launches their investigation against Michael. Three weeks later, that investigation concludes with the NBA having a specification in the, the closing of the case that says Michael can no longer have any affiliation or association with high-stakes gamblers. Um, the story then goes on to tell that Michael and some uh, something or other, Espinoza, uh, NBA gets wind of Michael owes these guys over a million dollars. They open up another investigation. A week later, Michael retires. And a week later after that, the NBA said they found nothing in that second investigation. Soon after, uh, just before, three months before Michael's retirement, in between that time, Michael's Jordan's father is killed in that time. So, guys, uh, I think that's just a, a, a little 
insight on some of the happenings and just some of the things that will raise a red flag. Um, and I think what's, what's important to note here is that the NBA was investigating its, its cash cow. This is like Golden Boy investigating Canelo Alvarez. Under what circumstance would ever you investigate your cash cow? The guy that is making you rich. Under what circumstance? Please keep that in mind. So, Willa, let me get your thoughts, man. Uh, what were your thoughts about what we found out about these two investigations and, and some of the um, some of the friends Michael was keeping around him? Well, you know, like I said, when when it, when this all first came out a while ago, you know, I was in the conspiracy that Michael Jordan had had something going on. But when I sit back and think about it, there's there's no way that this would have lasted this long without any somebody snitching. Unless the only people that knew about it was Stern and Michael Jordan. I think somebody would have said something about it. Somebody would have made there's millions and millions and millions of dollars to be made for this expose story. Um, so I don't think, you know, I, like I said, I used to be a part of it. And when you listen to it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense that he's out here gambling. But then when you think about it, you know, uh, Sam brought it up earlier. The only thing that's illegal about gambling is when you're, Betting on you know betting on your sport, betting on your team. Exactly. But they were doing a lot of winning, so he was was he he was betting on himself. You know they were doing a lot of winning back then. So was he betting on himself? Is that that bad? If he, if he did that, maybe point shaving. You know, if your point, let's say yeah, let's say let let let's say hypothetically, I'm not saying this was the case. I just want to throw it out there. Let's say you dealing with some shady people, right? Some big time, you know, gamblers, big time, you know, if you want to call a mob or whatever. Let's say you get to know these people and, you know, you make sure the, you know, the score of a game, you know, is in a certain type of, uh, you know, it hits, uh, it hits, it makes the line, you know. They, these guys are betting on a certain line. You're the best player on the team. You take the most shots. You take the most free throws, you know. I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying, but that's that would be a case of where it's when you when you're messing with the line of a, a betting line of a game, point shaving, you know things like that. But I'm not saying he did that. Like you said, he did a lot of winning and all that. But you know, also, uh, I mean, he was around. He was around some people that you're like, when you think about it, like, dude, you're Michael Jordan. Like, what were you doing hanging around these people, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, dude, like that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. On a lot of, on a lot of, you know, it's like, yeah, like for example, OJ. Look, OJ was a big time golfer, also, right? But if you if you watch that documentary of the people that he 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 like hung around with, there were like older white guys that were like in Hollywood or real estate, big time in real estate. You know, he's dealing with like this dude was like hanging out with people on the golf course that are like criminals and, you know, just shady individuals. It's like, it's just weird, man. It was just weird what Michael was doing, dude, you know? 
But hey, yeah. when you're when you got a gambling addict, you know if you're an ad, and I'm not saying he was an addict, but he obviously had a a very you know he was very you know he was he was willing to put up a lot of money on gambling on himself, you know, to win. And, yeah. and we he, it just probably was a situation he didn't care to, who who he was with as long as he was willing to bet the money with him, you know. Yeah, and we see an addiction too, man, because you see Michael was in the fucking. The back room or whatever, throwing quarters with the security guards. You know, this is next level shit. Like, don't you got better things to be interested in than throwing some quarters with some dudes who make twenty grand a year? But no, no, Michael was there for that too. But uh, I think it's time for me to just jump out there and say, yes, I think old Michael Jordan was betting on basketball games. Now, how you cut it, I don't know. But why we have this abrupt, odd retirement, and we have this smooth transition of Michael being able to continue to play for his prior owner, his owner of another franchise, there's a lot of corruption for these things to happen. But Michael's making the NBA so much money and so many people rich, it was in the best interest of the NBA to not corrupt the image of Michael Jordan or allow Michael Jordan to corrupt the integrity of the NBA for both the part ways for, for whatever time that meant. Now, they, they came together at some point that, Michael, we have to suspend you. But here's what we're going to do. We're not going to make it public that you bet on the NBA. We're not going to give you the Pete Rose treatment because you, you mean too much to this thing. You go off and have some storybook thing where you're doing it for your dad, and in 18 months after your suspension is over, we'll allow you to come back. Uh, I'm going to follow that up, uh, just comment with some, some some things that I think help what I think happened, and uh, we'll listen to some quick audio about that. One second. Jordan's wording during his retirement announcement has been examined as possible evidence that Jordan made a secret deal with David Stern. In the conference, Jordan said, quote, Five years down the line, if that urge comes back, if the Bulls have me, if David Stern lets me back in the league, I may come back. End quote. The key part being, if David Stern lets me back into the league. So look, man, only two ways to go with that. Michael could have been being, being uh, condescending or sarcastic, like, of course, you know, you know they're going to have me, you know, like, because he knows he's such a big star, or he's speaking out of, out of, out of terms, out of context, and kind of letting a little air off the back that he shouldn't be letting out. Uh, your, your thoughts, guys, do you think that is that any more of an innuendo into what was really happening? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was, but you know, you kind of danced around it. So, so you do believe the the long-standing rumor that's been going on ever since the, you know, since it happened that you believe he was secretly suspended. Yes. Okay. Danny, I believe yeah. that no. he got on basketball. Yeah, you know, if. And I've always felt like that was something that was highly likely or, you know, maybe like a, 
if they have to say percentage rise, I would probably say something like a 60-40 that it was the case because, you know, they said they did multiple vest- investigations. We know Stern has always been a guy that he kind of laid down the law. You know, like Stern laid down the law. You know what I'm saying? He didn't play around when, you know, with players and this and that. And the, the, thing I, the only thing I could think of was he probably had a dis- discussion with Jordan and warned him that if any other stuff comes up that I'm going to have to suspend you, you know? And then Jordan probably felt like, you know, I'm Michael Jordan. He ain't going to really suspend me. He probably went right right back to doing the same things he was doing, you know? And Stern had to, like, let him know, you know? Like, you don't have to – and I don't think it was 18 months. I think it was a situation where probably the whole, just a year. And then Jordan came when he came back. for 18 months. Yeah, he was off the game for 18. No, I'm saying I don't think it was a 18 month suspension. You know, I don't think it was. I think it was probably just a year. Like, you know, you're gonna have to suspend you. You know, you got to go away for a year. I'm not gonna allow you to play. And that's another thing. It's like it's another thing nobody talks about. Is like a lot of players have retired. Great players, right? But how many great players have you seen retire? And David Stern's at their press conference, sitting right next to him. Yeah, you know. And look, man. I mean, you can go and look. Go look for yourself. Think about any great player that you could think of. How many, uh, uh, you know, had their, you know, they all have press conferences eventually to announce it. But David Stern was at that press conference, sitting right next to Michael. You know, I get, I get it. It's Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest player ever in the NBA. Definitely the most popular player ever. But, I mean, David Stern was at his press conference, man. Hey, and and think about it, man. This is a guy we hold in high reverence, highly revered. If it was ever to come out that Michael Jordan met with James, I think his cachet falls tremendously. You know, this guy is is the the epitome, the the picture of what a perfect basketball player looks like and what we carry ourselves like and the, the picture of professionalism, and that's definitely being um, put on uh, on front street here in the documentary. Michael is always dressed sharp. You know, like we know Michael has the creative handle on this documentary, and so it's apparent if you're asking me, who my my producer slings, if you allow me to put it on, that Michael makes sure on the footage when he when they showed him talking to the press, he's sharply dressed. Every single time that that hair that head doesn't have a speck of hair on it. So this is remember the episode when he's in the locker room in the training table and he's drinking the beer and he's got the suit on and then he's like, ah oh, man, I gotta go talk to the press. He put on that face. You, you see that? Yeah, he he yeah. drank that beer and walked right inside the little locker room and started talking to the the press. Yeah. You know what he's doing? You know. Well, uh, you you what do you think, man? You do. Are you leaning or do have, have you changed your uh, thoughts of what you previously thought about Michael Jordan and his retirement? Man, no. You know, like I said, it all, we we will never know. But like you said, you, uh, it's no way nobody would have said anything about this since, you know, it, it would have came out. Somebody, all the stitching that's going on, all the telling, 
as bad as a, a guy that Jordan Most was with teammates, if anybody. But if but they had the, the the Jordan rules. People were talking. You know, people were talking, and the guy that put the Jordan rules out, he said that it wasn't true. So unless he's getting paid off, unless Jordan's doing a lot of paying, which he could be, you know, I don't, I I don't know, man. I don't think he was. You know, I think he had but a gambling problem. But there's things to day that hasn't came out, man. We still ain't fought, found found killers for uh, Big and Tupac. You know? Yeah, they do. Things? It was Keefe D that Keefe D that Man, no, nah, I'm talking about so no. I know, no, no. I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. But I'm saying it's these these people never really actually had to go to court over it. You know, well, one guy, the guy that you know, I believe took out Pac, he was killed a couple years later, but. I forget his name. Uh, what Orlando Anderson was it? Uh, yeah, Baby Lane. And, yeah, and then uh, you know, so I'm just saying, like, you know, there's things that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that are rumored or this and that that never come concrete to be the truth. You know, become factual, where are proven. You know, all the time. So, could it could it have been uh uh you know the that uh, that that be the case, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I, I think a lot of people at that time, because his dad died, they probably didn't want to touch the situation, like really, really dig, 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 super deep in, because they probably just took it for what it is. Because his his pa- father has just had just passed, you know, so they kind of wanted to respect the situation, which was, hey man, he said he was, he's leaving because of his dad, you know. And I and look, I'm not, and like I said, I'm not necessarily saying. For sure it's this or that. I'm just saying, like, I just think that it's something that people never really talked about as much as they should have. I think it should have been a bigger story. I mean, because we're we're never going to see somebody. Like, think about guys like Brady. We say Brady is the GOAT quarterback, right? Some people believe LeBron is the GOAT basketball player. These guys – have played what LeBron's in 17, right? 17 seasons straight. Brady's what 20 seasons straight with no discussion, no rumors, no anything that they were even thinking about retirement. You know, this guy retired yeah. after eight seasons. You know, yeah, yeah. eight or nine, like the nine season, whatever. You know, I think, uh, shit, at the end of the day, we'll never know, but. You ask me, I think old Mikey Mike betted on some basketball. Uh, reasons I believe that guy <laughs> to, to put on a to put a bow on this thing. It's like, you know, it's like indicting. It's like investigating. It's like PVC investing Mayweather in 2017. It's like freaking the zone investigating Canelo. And then you'd have to ask how egregious. Would the crime have to be for them to do that? And it, let me tell you, it ain't gonna be because the guy goes and rings it up at a casino. You know, they did it already with Canelo. He tested positive two times on two—I mean, on two different tests—and they they treated him like he was a victim. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've they, seen they, it already. There's no yeah. way you uh, you you run up the cash cow. So to me, that's where I, I get most of my um, certainty. Dude, it's a fact. It's 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 been proven. Like it's been proven. When Michael Jordan retired, 
uh, both times, they lost over 50% of their ratings. The NBA did. Yeah. People forget, in the 90s when Jordan was playing, the NBA was, like, right up there with, like, the NFL. Like, people, like, they were, it was up there, dude. Jordan was big. He was that big to yeah. the product, you know? Yeah, and so for the NBA, so without any any persuasion from law enforcement, any any reasoning, there would only to me be one reason the NBA would do that, and that would be at the bare minimum, the fundamental is to protect the integrity of the shield. Every single one of these professional organizations at the end of the day, they're going to protect the shed the integrity of the symbol. And that's the only reason that they ever go against a cash cow, that the NBA would ever go against Michael Jordan and, and put Michael Jordan in a compromising situation. No one The the NFL did it with uh the NFL did it with uh um the Patriots. Remember with the whole uh they tried to talk down the whole spy gate thing? No! I, oh shit! Say it again! Say something else! But you okay. remember that? Remember that, uh, JP, the Spygate, where they tried to talk down the whole. I mean, they suspend. I mean, they 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 took a draft. I think they took multiple draft picks from them and and uh, and all that and find them. But they still tried to act like the situation wasn't that big of a deal. Well, if it wasn't that big of a deal, then why did you destroy the tapes? You know, if there really wasn't that <laughs> yeah. many on the tapes, you wouldn't have destroyed the tape. You would have just allowed the media, whoever reached out to you and wanted to look at them. They obviously destroyed the tapes because there was probably like the, some of the rumored stuff that there was tapes of them taping the, the walkthrough of these teams they played in the Super Bowl and things like that. You know, there's probably hundreds yeah. of hours of tapes that they had. And like, but that story coming out and them exposing the Patriots is is worse to the brand of the NFL than them just saying, all right, yes, they, they violated this with this one game. That we caught them with, and we're gonna, you know, find them and take a draft pick, you know. Because at that point, the Patriots had three championships. They had won three out of four, and now people are gonna start wondering, like, hold up, you won three out of four championships, and the whole time you were taping stuff, you know? The NFL can't allow that. I think players. out a little bit, JP. You're a little choppy right now. Hey, you're still a little choppy, JP. You're still cutting in and out. 
then it might be to get better. Um, but shit, well, let's move on. Let's move on. But some yeah, of the things. All right, yeah, maybe. But like, what I was saying is, um, you know, one thing these these leagues have shown that they're not going to allow is anybody manipulating the outcome of a game, whether that be uh, uh, point shaving, whether that be manipulating pitches, uh, uh, tipping off pitches. These leagues are not going to allow because that's when it starts to become uh, um, an integrity, a situation of integrity with the public because none of us as spectators want to think that the guys in the game are cheating. We want to believe the best man is winning. And that's large in play in all of our psyches when we're talking about sports because it's based on the best man winning. And when the best man isn't winning, um, that's a huge problem in the leagues. All these professional athletic leagues protect that at the end of the day. Let's move on, guys. Um, One thing I thought was pretty fun that we were able to examine here, (laughs) and some stuff came out about it, is is, is Michael Jordan's motivating style. Now, we've seen Kobe take this this same kind of style, this relentless, win at all costs. In fact, Michael Jordan seems to have beat up damn near every white boy on the team. Bill Winnington, Will Perdue, Steve Kerr. uh, You see how he's treated Scottie Pippen. Um, and everybody's repeatedly said that Michael was a habitual line crosser. He crossed the line many times. Um, Steve Kerr said, you know, the best thing I ever did was stand up to him. Yeah, it cost me a black eye or whatever the hell happened to him. Um, he gave Will Perdue a black eye. Um, but Michael was definitely an intimidator. And one of the stories that was told is um, Michael telling a steward is on a plane the horse Grant couldn't get any food because he played like shit. Michael seemed to do it by hazing, um, and Michael even got very emotional about his way of doing it, and he cried. He said, you know, um, if you don't want to do it like me, don't do it like me. And we got a guy like Kobe in today's, not in today's game, but in, in more recent times, who seemed to do it the same way by with a hazing and a, and a, a taunting to those who, who weren't pulling them their weight. And in their eyes, they seen it as, you know, trying to, you know, make those dudes better and, you know, toughen them up. We seen Michael Jordan just going in, killing Scott Morrell, just killing, him, you know, into a, a way where, you know, abusive, I think it's fair to say, a lot of those dudes say. But, Horace Grant came out and let it be known that, uh, you know, I wasn't having that shit. And when Michael uh, pulled that shit on him, Horace Grant said he let it be known, man. But uh, we have a difference today. We, we hear a lot, and, and a lot of times LeBron is discredited for not being this type of intimidating type leader. You know, and, and what's seen in society is this type of leader that Michael Jordan was. It's like the alpha male. We call that alpha male a lot of times. Kobe, alpha male. And I think we got some um, some miscommunications and definitions. And I think LeBron, the guy who galvanizes the team, the 12th man, has his own handshake with him, a relationship with him. Uh, that guy loves him. You see, Michael is crying here now at the end of the day because of the, 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 
the people that he may have hurt. This is in my estimation. But I think at the end of the day, when we're doing the LeBron documentary 20 years from now, and Matthew Dillavadova and J.R. Smith and Channing Frye and, and these types are saying, you know what, man, that guy made me so much better than I am. And guess what? He didn't punch me in my eye to do it. He did it through love and encouragement and making me feel like I was better than I was. And that translated to other ways in my life. Uh, but that's a topic of, of discussion in today's in today's um, sports media format. And I'm in favor of LeBron, man. I don't think fucking, you know, I think we got this misconception of what an alpha male is. In fact, I'd go out on the limb and say those like Kobe and MJ are insecure. But before we uh, we divulge and get into it all with the fellas a little bit, let me get what Horse Grant said when he had smoke for Mike. This is Shannon Sharp talking about it. Of Michael Jordan telling a flight attendant not to feed Horace Grant after Grant had a bad game. Well, that led Horace to directly contact Shannon after the show. So, Shannon, please tell us, what did Horace Grant have to say about the situation or about his relationship with MJ? So, yesterday, probably around, Skip, I say 1 o'clock my time, maybe a little later, I got a text message. Horace Grant wants to get in touch with, touch with you. Do you mind if I give him your number? I'm like, uh, sure, no problem. Um, so about five, ten minutes later, Skip, my phone is, is, is ringing, but I don't, recognize, I don't recognize the number. I don't answer numbers I don't recognize, sorry. And uh, so leaves a voicemail, check it out. Sharp, it's me, Ho Grant. Give me a call at your earliest convenience. Okay, I called him back. I said, what's up, Ho? He said, hey, Sharp, how you doing? So we start talking, Skip. He, I'm, from, I'm from rural South Georgia. He grew up in Sparta, Georgia, which is more middle Georgia. We're about two, a little over two hours apart from each other. So I'm very familiar with, Har- with Horace Grant and where he grew up and he and his brother. So we start talking. I say, okay, bro, shoot me straight. What's going on with this deal? I mean, Mike said you can't eat, lot, a lot, a lot. He said, Sharp, I'm telling you 100%. That did happen. Say there's the, uh, the flight attendants, they're serving us, and he – Touches the flight attendant and says, hey, he doesn't eat because he played like poop. And Ho said, he stood up and said, F you, Mike. So he went back to confront Mike. One of his teammates, if I'm not mistaken, Skip, he said it was Brad Sellers. He said, nah, G, don't worry about it. It's not worth it. He said uh, there, have been t- there are several times that he and Mike almost came to blows. He told me that it started from the day he got there that Mike started this, what we would term bullying, from the very first moment that he walked in. So they always had heated practice. There was always a source of contention with him and Mike. And he told me, Skip, he said, Mike, this is the way Mike was. If you did not confront Mike, he would ride you every day, all day, all the time. He said, you had to stand up for yourself. He said, really, the only, the only person that Mike didn't do that to well, you know who, and the guy you know who is, is number 34, Charles Oakley. Uh, Horace said that he and Charles still speak to this day. He and Charles are very good friends. He said, but he had a problem. He said, I didn't have a problem with Mike, the player. I just had a problem with Mike trying to motivate me to get me to do my job. And he said, no, nah, that wasn't going to happen. He said, I did speak up for myself. There were several times that I tried to, that I was going to confront Mike and put my hands on Mike. He said, Skip, they asked him about this in the video. He said, Sharp, I looked dead into the camera. I said, Mike didn't want to see me then. 
then, and he damn sure doesn't want to see me now. They cut that out. He said, there's some other, Skip, I'm not going to get into the other stuff. I said, he said, look, I want you to tell everything what I'm telling you. I said, nah, bro, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Uh, some of the other things that he told me, I said, but as soon as Fox Studio is up and running and we can have guests in, I want you to come on and you tell that side of the story. Skip, I don't feel comfortable saying all the things that what he told me. I'm going to let him share that with y'all. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Free smoke, free smoke, ay. Well, it sounds like old Horace uh, got a little smoke for Mike, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but more to the conversation, man, I'm going to just get y'all input, man. You know, we got this uh, perception, Michael, Kobe, these dudes who kind of set themselves apart from the team and ruled with an iron fist. That's the alpha male way to be. And the LeBron types who seem to do their leading and being a leader a little differently are in some way weaker. Uh, Willa, man, you got any thoughts on, 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 on how Mike did his thing or anything like that? Yeah, man, I was, uh, you know, it was sort of, funny to see Michael uh, Michael Jordan cry a little bit at the end of, what was that, uh, episode seven when they were asking him about, you know, how his teammates looked at him. Which let, we, you know, which I thought, you're getting a good eye to Michael Jordan, man. He seems like he's an all right guy. He did a lot of joking around. It seems like, like Simon said the last time we were on, he was with the team. He was one of the guys usually, but he, he was on that. He was on them. And they said, uh, you know, especially on that court. And Michael Jordan is Six for six in the championships, man. You know, he uh, he's considered by many the greatest player of all time. So what he had to do to become that is what he had to do. You know, um, Kobe was sort of like that, but like uh, like I said, like Sam said, Kobe wasn't one of the guys. He did his own thing. You know, he was uh, you know he went home and drunk wine to hang with the family. MJ was with the fellas, gambling, smoking cigars. You know, snitching, doing his thing. So. You know, I'm not, you know, I can't, Horace Grant got how many chips? Did Horace Grant get three chips or did he just get two? I think he, he got, got three I of think them, right? three and then he got like a couple later on with the Lakers, I think. Yeah. Like two, yeah. I think he got so, two with the Lakers. Yeah, so Horace Grant got, you know, Horace Grant got three chips with, with, with MJ. Um, you know, he can't be mad at that. And it seems like when, when Horace Grant talks about MJ on this, on this, he he talks about him with, you know, like he he holds them up high. A lot of these guys, they don't like him. They didn't really like him personally, but when they look back, they say that, you know, that he made him a champion. So, you know, MJ did what he had to do, man, and I love it, man. You got to get on you got to get on guys, and that's the type of that's the type of leader I think I was, when, you know, back in my collegiate days. I was a guy that used to get on guys, man, and not not because I didn't love you, but because I loved you enough to know that you were better, man. And so, you know, MJ was on those guys, especially that uh, Burrell kid. You know that Burrell was taking it seemed like he was taking a licking, um, a verbal punishment all the time. And uh, Steve Kerr got punched in the eye, um, but he stood up. And they, then Steve Kerr came one of the best three point shooters <coughs> of all time, right? So, you know, I mean, do, it's can the we, can we to the have magic. a line though, man? Can we have a line to where you got to beat up, be busting people in that goddamn eye? 
is that not too much? I know we love to attribute under, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to pull guys along. But when you're punching people, man, I think that's probably too far. I mean, he did get hit first. He did get hit first, though. They did say Kerr hit him. So, you know, that's kind of a natural reaction. But he was on him, too. So it's like it's like for every action to reaction. It's like you were on Kerr. Kerr finally got tired of it, then hit you, and then you hit him, you know. So it's kind of – but, hey, look, man, I'm mostly on your – I mean, look, man, I think I, – I believe – I believe you got to get on your guys, but I believe it should only really be in the game when I think this is the way I look at it. I feel like you lead by, number one, I think the best player has to be the hardest worker on the team. You know, that's number one. You got to be the hardest worker. Number two is you got to be willing to get on guys, but then also you got to be willing to say my bad when I, when I mess up because don't get it twisted. Jordan might be the best player, you know, ever, arguably, and might, was the best player on that team. But he wasn't perfect. There's times he missed rotation. There's times where he probably closed out, you know, and let a guy get by him, you know, and this and that. Everybody makes mistakes on the game, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about getting on guys and then also taking, taking ownership when you mess up. Because at that point, when you don't, then guys start looking at you funny because they're like, you know, and, and that's what I think Jordan probably did because, like I said, like, you know, he was he was uh, hanging out with a lot of these guys after games and stuff like that. And then with the Scotty Burrell thing, yeah, he was getting on Burrell, but what did he do for Burrell? Burrell had those guys that he knew that came, that he made sure came to get an autograph from Jordan. Jordan had no problem doing it, was talking to them and everything, you know? But the result, it's, it's the but but also everybody's different, man. You can you can come at you can come at a guy like Steve Kerr, and for the most part get away with it. But a guy like, especially after a game, you're trying to tell you're trying to tell a grown man he can't eat after a game. Man, basketball games where you the fuck out. First thing you want to do is eat. You know. And you're yeah, about, oh, he can't eat. That's the length. That's the length. That Mike was going to, and I, I just say, man, everybody seems to want to ride the fence and be like, well, you know, man, you know, he won, he won. Look, I don't give a fuck if he won or not. That shit is excessive, and it shouldn't have been tolerated. And we have guys that do it differently. That's not the only way it can be done. Um, somebody should have took off on his motherfucking ass. I'm surprised. I mean, look at Tim Duncan, bro. Exactly. Tim Duncan was, I mean, nobody talks about the fact that Tim Duncan was 15 seconds away from being 6 for 6 also. Exactly. They should have never lost to the Miami Heat. The only reason why the San Antonio Spurs lost to the Miami Heat was because, in my opinion, Greg Popovich made the mistake of taking Tim Duncan out the game on that last possession. And Chris Bosh ends up getting that rebound. Chris Bosh ain't getting that rebound and kicking it out to Ray Allen if Tim Duncan's out on the floor. You know? And... Yeah. They went 20 years, made, never missed the playoffs, five out of six championships. And we never, you know, we've never heard or known anything about Tim Duncan being this alpha, whatever word you want to call, you know, you know, hard on his teammates and all that. He did it a different way. So I definitely agree. It could be done in diff- different ways. But the one thing I, I got to say is, is what I said is 
I believe the hard, the best player has to be the hardest worker, and you also got to be at times willing to admit you messed up. You know? Yeah, yeah, Those yeah, two, yeah. I think, are must. One thing I want to get to before we close it on out, y'all, um, Pippen. You know, we come to the, uh, what was that, the 95 Easter Conference Finals. Uh, coach gets the, the play in the timeout. Um, Phil Jackson draws the play up for Tony Kukoc, who we've seen in the documentary had made multiple, a handful of buzzer beaters that year. But Scotty, who said, you know, the team was much different after Michael retired. There was no longer the ruler with the iron fist. And we did it differently, and everybody was happy, and we were winning. And we did things by committee, not so much uh, singularly focused. Scotty Pippen, to, the, to what we come to see, the shock, the surprise of everyone, to the point where people were crying in the locker room afterward because they were so shocked and let down. Scotty Pippen decides not to go in on the last play of the game because the play was not called for him. Now, a lot of ways to go here where I'm going to lie my hat. I think Scotty, having a career of selflessness, of, being, of saying, you know what, I'm fine playing Robin to Michael Jordan's Batman because he's Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan was no longer there, it seemed to me that Scotty felt like the team had taken on his temperament and was under his guide. And when it came crunch time and the bright lights were on, Scotty wanted to be treated like Michael was always treated. And Scotty, always being that selfless guy, and the team was shocked. You had Bill William Winnington and, and other guys saying they cried, and Bill Cartwright stood up and cried and said they couldn't believe Scotty would do something like that. Guys, what I, I think Scotty just felt like, you know, I, I've never asked for much. I've always just done what's needed to be done. And, and, and I've never been praised. I've, as a matter of fact, I've never been paid. I've never been praised. In fact, I've been this kind of second place dude who the big dog, Michael, gets to talk shit to whenever he wants. And I play my part. I just play my part. And once when it was my time to be called on to, 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 to be the man, I didn't get my number called. Uh, Willa, man, your thoughts about Scotty pulling himself at the end of the game? Hey, Scotty went out like a straight bitch. I don't want to hear nothing about that. He, he went out like a hoe, a whiny, a whiny bastard, man. He, you know, quit the team. Um, you know, and Kukoc hit the shot. You know, that's what yeah. made it worse. I know he felt bad after that. And then Kukoc hit the shot. So yeah, Scotty went out like a bitch. You know, that's something that. I think sort of it's something that you, you, you remember, but you sort of forget. You know, Michael Jordan said he would never live that down, but, you know, you win another three three chips. And everybody, you sort of forget about that. When they bring it up, you say, oh, yeah, Scotty, you know, Scotty did go out like a bitch. But, you know, he was the number two guy on uh, on another three-peat. So 
So he's six for six in the chip also as the number two guy. Um, you know, he went out like a bitch, but I don't think that really marked that, – that doesn't really stain his legacy as a, you know, as a top 50 guy. So, um, you know, one of the best two-way players of all time. So, you know, he went out like a bitch. I still got love for Scottie Pippen, even after what he did in Houston and winding out of here and having us lose to sorry-ass uh, the Jazz. But, you know, it is what it is. I got no love loss for Scott. He's still the top 50 player in my eyes, man, even though he went out like a hoe. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing anybody can say about that. And I think everybody has the right idea. He went out like a hoe. But, you know, I think he, he handled it the right way, apologized, and I think they won another series or two after that, right? Uh, so, you know, no, they, he made they, they So, son, your thoughts, man. I mean, I'm not going to go – and, and, and speak Scotty Pippen's name from the same sentence as bitch and you know I'm not going to do that because I know that guy uh, had a lifetime of being selfless I am man well look I get it in a team sport those of us who grew up in these team sports when it comes time to win we're all supposed to be on the page of and that sacrifice and it's not, it's never been about whose number is called. We're trying to win in this moment, and everybody should be on that. But, um, you know, I, I, I tend to empathize with Scotty on the premise of him in place, of him always being the utility guy and doing what's necessary, and never even asking for the spotlight. So I, I, I empathize there. Sign your thoughts. Man, I mean, it's one of those, man, I'm, it's like, it, it's one of those things where I see it on both point of views, but, you know, I see it on Willis' point of view, but then I look at it on Scotty's point of view where, like, man, I've been sitting behind the num- this guy, Jordan, where even though I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only guy that's, you know, been involved with all these championship teams, now he leaves and I, it's my team now and we're playing well and everything, and I, I don't get the ball, you know, um, you know, that's the ultimate disrespect. But that was the ultimate selfish move. I know you said he's an unselfish player, which he is, and he's always been an unselfish player uh, on the court. Um, but Scottie Pippen has shown on multiple times you know, he'll pull some selfish shit, you know? He said, he said, I didn't have surgery. You know, he said, I didn't have surgery because I wanted, I didn't want to mess up my summer. You know? That move, that not going on, when you're down 2-0, on the verge of potentially going down 3-0, and you decide to not go on the court as the best player, that is an ultimate selfish move. Do I think it's uh, something that stains his legacy as far as, like, not putting him down a notch as a player? No, I still think he's a great player, top 50 and all that. I just think it's something that when you write his story, it's something that has got to be in there. And you have to make sure that you put exclamation marks marks on it, you know, to make it clear. Like, what he did, he fucked up big time. It's, like, no different than J.R. Smith. You know, 
what he did. You can't with that dumbass, you know, uh, not knowing that dumbass play of not knowing the score. You know, it's just something yeah. that you have to make sure you you put it out there and let it be known. But don't take away. He's still a great player. He's the only guy that was on the the squad the whole time when they won. You know, with with Jordan, so it it, sh- it shows how important he was. But you don't go out there. You don't go out there in the final seconds of a potentially a game that could put you down three zero because you're not going to be able to shoot the ball. Man, that's an all timer, bro. Yeah, yeah, guys. And before we wrap it up, dude, um, I think I'd be remiss not to bring up this interesting fact. Um, maybe about a week ago, we were having um, a riveting debate in the infamous group chat about old Akeem Olajuwon with an A, not an H. Um, and Shaquille O'Neal comparison. And that went all kinds of crazy places. But one thing I, I, that came out of the documentary that I didn't know about on the Shaq. <laughs> Shaq's the only guy to ever sweet Michael Jordan. <laughs> if I'm not respectful. Uh, he didn't sweet. He didn't sweet Michael Jordan. They lost four, four games to two. Oh, I could have swore they that they, they uh, in Nah, Michael, 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 and the Magic. Uh, Michael swept the Magic the year after. And the Bulls. Okay. They lost the Bulls game to two. Shaq and them put that ass out of their mouth. Like I told protected. you, people that say the rusty stuff, I told you earlier, I don't like that rusty stuff. If you out there, now if you got an injury and it's obvious and the guy is obviously trying to fight through it and it's like if you're hobbling, I get it, you know, because you're just trying to do it for your team or whatever. Like you're trying to w- hey. Willis read your way to winning. I get it, but not the rusty and all that stuff. That's your fault. That's that's your fault for coming back and trying to play with 17 games left. Is Shaq, you know, part of the only team to ever beat Michael Jordan in the playoff series? Nigga, when my name come up, respect it. No. Stop playing with my fucking name. No. Detroit beat him three years in a row. Stop it. Yeah, Larry Bird. Oh, I'm talking about the the winning, the winning version. Yeah, if he went six for six, yeah, then that makes sense, right? Wow, so Shaq, you know, damn, we, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> no, now tell the whole story. Now tell the whole story. He, he he moves on to the – he ends up beating Indiana in the next round, and then they go to Houston and get swept by the guy you say is not that good. <laughs> I don't know. Akeem, Akeem Olajuwon. No, JP, go on record. Go on record right now. Tell tell everybody what you told us about Akeem uh, not being in the same breath as Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I, 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 I really feel that everybody knows it, to be honest with you, man. Uh, I, I think when we talk about Akeem doesn't come up before Shaq, dog. Y'all know that. He don't. Uh, we talking about great. Nah, he does, bro. No, he don't. He yeah. He shows you proof. Robert Ory, think about it. No, JP, think about this for a second. Robert Ory won championships with Shaq, Duncan, and Akeem. He got love for all three of them. He played with all three of them in their prime. 
and he says, without a doubt, the team is better. Without a doubt. When you when you take in two rings to four, that's a tough. That's it's tough. Okay, so I'm good with that. Okay, if you're saying rings, he swept them. Hey, if it's rings, then if if it's rings, so you so so now, okay, I'm good with that. If it's about rings, right? So that means you said four to two. Four to two is two two more rings, right? No, 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 no. Six to three over LeBron. Let's give context. We have to find determining factors. Now, it's similar to boxing criteria that I talk about. If you want to weight, weigh those factors, then we can start to have some some um, uh, clarity. But in my estimation, when we put their numbers together, they're really close as far as statistics. Then you use other metrics to see who's exactly. better. Exactly, defensive side. Except on so, the team side, where he's in block, and he's like number eight in steals. Come on now. And, and except, and, and except Shaq, Shaq went from Penny Hardaway to Kobe Bryant hey, to Dwayne Wade. Here's going all crazy. When you start doing all this, is this is where shit goes crazy. But if we stick How's to it crazy? Because you start talking about all this other shit. We just need to... Stop bringing up the facts. It ain't got nothing to do yeah. with facts, dog. But if we're talking about if, if we're talking about okay, uh, they both probably average close to twenty five per game over a career. They both average. Uh, Hakeem might have averaged twelve rebounds. Shaq might have averaged ten. And Shaq uh, never. Nope. No, you got to add this. Nope. Before you do that, Shaq never led the. Think about this. The media and people like you who are a big Shaq fan, they tell us he's the most dominant big man at least of this time, right? How are you the most dominant big man? I'm just asking the question here. I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. How are you the most dominant big man when you never won defensive player of the year and you never led the league in rebounds? Because you fucking dominate offensively and people dump the ball down to you and you score at a near 70%. That's how. Okay? Okay. There's a lot of big men that have high percentages. 67%. Okay? That's no longer done in the league by a dude taking over a certain amount of shots. You need fucking JaVale McGee to give you that amount, and he's catching all lobs and putbacks. Okay? So this is why we, we know who's the most Hakeem, But But Hakeem was dominant offensively, too. Efficient. He was efficient offensively, too. He also was defensive player of the year before and led the league in rebounds multiple times, too. Led the it league and blocks, blocks multiple times too, like, you know, it, how he did it wasn't done with the demoralizing force. You see, in, in the last doc, last dance documentary, what they kept saying: don't let them dunk on you, don't let them jump. Look, a dunk is the same two fucking points as a twenty foot jumper. It's how it's the two points off a dunk is more demoralizing. And how Shaq was doing that shit, dog. What about getting swept? Shit. What about getting swept in the finals? Is that demoralizing? Yeah, but, absolutely. But did he beat Michael Jordan in the playoffs? Did he beat okay, him? what does that he mean? You gotta finish the you gotta finish the job. But look, this is another thing too. He beat think about this. Was 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 Shaq dominating like his dunks and all that? Yeah, but you have to also look at who was checking him. 
Hakeem, Hakeem beat a prime Patrick Ewing in the finals. Beat a prime, a prime David Patrick Robinson Ewing. when when beat a beat a prime uh, David Robinson in the playoffs when when David won MVP. Then topped that off by sweeping Shaq. So he was going against guys at, Shaq at, at their peak. Shaq in his third fucking year. Shaq in his He was young and strong. Young. He beat. He, really, he just man? Brought up how he beat Jordan. He beat Jordan, Shaq. so he did something right. I mean, dude, we're talking about. But any, it, nonetheless, I mean, dude, this but, is where but, we start going. Here's where we start going all crazy. But if we just use all the deciding factors, which I try to try to simplify it. Career numbers. Well, if we do that, then Tim Duncan is definitely better. And I told you that, and Willow agreed with me. You still argue that uh, Shaq's better than Duncan, which, if we're going off your criteria, Duncan's definitely better. I mean, we can look at the numbers. I'd say they're probably pretty damn close, but head-to-head, uh, head, it looks like Shaq has a smaller edge. But Shaq and Duncan are a different debate. When, when, when If you're going to have career numbers, but one guy has two Maybe one more ring we can consider, but two whole more rings, dog. That's where we start to have a. a, So okay, I'm good with that. So that means we have to say. So we. So let's be real now. We always talk about keeping it real, right? So let's keep it real. Based off that, Michael Jordan has three more rings than LeBron. So technically, it shouldn't even be a debate. But LeBron's career statistical numbers are gonna outmatch him so heavily. That it's conversation to me. No, his career totals because no, his career totals because of longevity. But if you go averages, well, I don't know. Jordan averages. Jordan averages. You want to split hairs? No, it's it's just the truth. No, but I'm saying it's just the truth. Jordan got essentially all his work done in 13 seasons. He played another two seasons uh, with the Wizards. Really, not even third. Not even. Uh, really, like twelve and a half seasons. Really, I'm not because split that. I'm the ninety-five season. Numbers, what? what? I'm just saying. I'm my point numbers. is this: LeBron has already. LeBron is in year seventeen. LeBron has already played more basketball than Michael ever did. Like already, and Michael and, uh, and so had Kobe, a thirty points per game. A thirty point per game average for his too. career. With six championships, with the five MVPs, with the ten scoring titles, he did it. What people don't realize, what why a lot of people were naming him the greatest early on, was because he was doing so much of his stuff so early. He came into the NBA averaging twenty eight points per game. In his third year, he was averaging thirty seven points per game. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. doing it so quickly. Well, you know, this is my criteria, man, and one day we can take the time, but. Now I'm I'm not I haven't taken the time to say well he played longer I, we don't usually do that when we're we don't look and say no well, no I'm just saying no what I'm talking about there's difference between totals and then pe- like averages you know what I'm saying his totals yeah. are gonna like he passed him on the all time scoring list and all that stuff that's off the games play you know and all that but what I mean if you look at points per game his points per game is actually three points less than hey, Jordan but he See, also averages average way more he averages way more assists and way more rebounds so you know not way the, more it's like one or two he's not well, he's he, like he's for his career isn't Jordan isn't LeBron Jordan something makes, like thirty six and thirty six thirty six and six or something like that LeBron and, what, and, and LeBron is twenty seven seven and what. LeBron may finish number one all time in scoring, and 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 top five in rebounds and fucking assists. 
Okay, so there's nothing even comparable no, to that. Yeah, no doubt. But but what I'm saying is it just depends. My point I was trying to make is it depends on what you value. Early on, you were just saying that the overriding is the rings. So even if he gets to that, if you're saying the overriding thing is the rings, then that means the only way he can get there is if he gets to five or six, right? No, isn't that what you're you saying? Never let me finish. No, you never let me finish. What I was always saying is that it's part. It's one of the heavily weighted factors of the criteria. Now, if these dudes are gonna go ahead and have very similar career numbers, of course, two whole more rings changes the conversation. When you have two, that makes it do. Now, one, okay, we can consider some things. But two is a lot more than, you know, two rings to zero rings. I think two rings is, is a comparable consideration. And so for you me... You know why I don't... You know why? I take it into context. That's where we differ. You're saying two more whole rings, right? I take it all into context. That's why I brought up what you... What we talked about with Shaq in the chat. Okay, we know that in the 90s, Jordan was gobbling up all the rings for the most part, right? The two years he was gone, who gobbled those two up? It was a king, not Shaq. Shaq had his opportunity to gobble, up, gobble one of them up or two. He came up short. So, and, then, and then that was a better era of centers in the 90s, right? The, the centers started getting old or injured or whatever, retiring. Then Phil Jackson came, Kobe came. Shaq and them were able to get to three. Then later on, he got another one later on in Miami. I take that into context. Like, you know, to say, oh, he got a ring. He got, like, you got, like me, I take it all into account. I look at it like he never played, like he never played with anybody as good as Kobe. He didn't play with anybody as good as Dwayne Wade. That matters, man. Like, who you play with matters. You give, you give him. Well, if you Kobe. start doing that, you got to start discrediting Michael. And none of us want to do that. What are you talking about? Discrediting, discrediting on what? If we're talking about talent around you, you got to talk about uh, also the competition you played against. And, um, you know, how that goes. But that's my point. You're saying the competition. That's my whole point about the thing you're saying about if the competition. Willa, answer the. Okay, if, look, Willa, if the competition was that weak in the 90s, right? That's what people are saying about Mike. Wouldn't. Wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't have Shaq got a ring then in one of those years that Michael was gone? Look, Why didn't Shaq gobble Mike, up a ring? Shaq did not win a ring any time before Michael won a ring. Seven years in the league is when they both won a goddamn ring. Now, if you want to say Shaq should have won his against a prime Akeem Olajuwon in his third year, well, we can say Dude, Michael should have took okay. down the Celtics in you his know, third year. You know how I totally kill that? Because Tim Duncan was drafted in 1997 draft. In 1999, he sweeps the Lakers oh, uh, in the playoffs. And he won a ring. To a team full of veterans with Mario Elie, freaking Sean Elliott, uh, Avery David Johnson, Robinson coming David off back Robinson. surgery. Come David on, Robinson man. was coming off and back surgery. He wasn't even the same player being anymore. on a team with everybody under 25 years old. It's not the same. So it's apples and oranges. But – Nonetheless, 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 nonetheless. He had a good team. If he had a good we'll agree team, to disagree. Let's agree to disagree. But I, I think um, asking Shaq to win against um, primed Hall of Famers, uh, Michael never did it in his third year, fifth year, or sixth year. So it, it does take some time. Well, why do you keep comparing it? We're, we're not even 
what what we're not even comparing like like I'm not I'm just saying that like the I'm talking the nineties. If the nineties were so weak, then these guys like Shaq should have been able to eat when Michael was gone. And also Shaq would have should have been able to not get swept so many times. He got swept five out of six years out of the playoffs. If these guys were that weak, they wouldn't you wouldn't be getting swept, bro. You would at least be taking it seven, six games hard series. If these guys in the 90s were that oh, weak. swept by Paul Malone and John Stockton, Hakeem Olajuwon. That's the thing. Shaq, he's, he, you're, you're, now you're propping up Utah. Before, Utah's weak when they're going up against Jordan. But when they're going up against well, Shaq, who all of a sudden they're this. Well, the, look, man, I'm not about to split all these hairs all night and use these different analogies. It, uh, you know, we at some point we can make the criteria, man. It doesn't have to just be this wild argument every time where we're just both pulling different shit from here and there and saying, "What about this?" But what about that? At some point, we can sit down and create a criteria to uh, what 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 makes you a great, and we can scale. Up, you know, no, no, but JP, that's the thing. We don't have to. It's your own criteria. All I'm saying is just just be consistent with it. If you think it's about rings, you said. You believe I totally respect that. Shaq had a great career too. They're close. Don't get it twisted. What I'm saying is, when you say I believe it's first of all, you said they're not. You said Akeem shouldn't be named. What? No, no. Let me clarify. You said Akeem shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath as Shaq. Then, then uh, you say the biggest reason being is because he has two whole more rings than him. Okay, I can respect that. My issue is then let's keep it consistent all around the board. If that's the case, LeBron shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath as Michael Jordan. Uh, that close. would be fair. That would be fair if the other part that I said, that there are other criteria. Um, because, I mean, if it's all rings, of course we have to say it's rings and you be in demand because there are people that have more than uh, six rings, but they weren't the man. So we, we, we don't put them in the conversation. But, yeah, but that goes without saying. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, some things are on the You don't even need to bring it up. Uh, yeah. But for me, when you have a when – you, when you're talking to uh, Akeem and Shaq, uh, of course, first I'll just look at – now here's how I do my math. I just think about it. And then I just take the first thought that comes to my mind. And I say, boom. That's how he, that guy was perceived, and here's how this guy was perceived. And then I'll, I'll, I'll start to look at some of the factuals. Of course, you know, winning, uh, numbers, were you actually the man? And then if, if, if when all these things get very similar, say if they got similar um, overall career numbers, uh, one thing that's going to be a determinant factor, of course, is winning, you know, now I'm not going to go with, I'm not going to see now, here's where something like this gets interesting. Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. You know, you got a guy with all the crazy numbers and then a guy with all the crazy W's. But for me, if you're going to ask me who's the better player, I'm taking Will. Because, you know, I, I, that's, you know, that's what the work I put in, not my team put in. You know, but Bill has the has the championships, has the wins. So it it, it, it gets a little confusing, man. But uh, 
we'll chop it up another day, son. We'll figure that one out another day, man. I thank you for stopping by, uh, taking out your time, my man. I know you could be doing other things and um, doing something else with your time. So I do thank you for uh, taking out some time to stop by and uh, holler at your boy for a minute, man. I really do appreciate that. Um, Willa, sign. Thank you guys for stopping by, spending a minute with your boy, taking out your time. I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. Until the next time when we come back and we'll talk about episodes 9 and 10 of The Last Dance, I'm your host, the debonair, shit-talking extraordinaire, heavy-handed Jay. Until the next time.